people that are using video are raising up to 10 times, maybe even more than 10 times that of people that are not using video content as a way of engaging communities and, and engaging particularly new audiences. So how important is video when it comes to your crowdfunding campaign? Well, the answer is probably pretty clear. Yep, it's important. And it's not just important in the success of your crowdfunding video campaign, but also in building a community around a startup business in the early stages. And in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, we'll be exploring the power of video in building communities whilst crowdfunding and building a startup business with special guests, Alan Crabb from Posible and Matt Hepburn from Your Mates Brewing. This is going to be a fun episode and I can't wait for you to dive in. Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Now, today's episode is a little bit of a different one because today is actually the audio from a LinkedIn live interview that I did with two different people. So it was a three-way chat and it was a really interesting chat because we explored a whole bunch of things around starting businesses and using crowdfunding and the role that video plays within crowdfunding and within building communities and particularly how video can be used with little to no budget to actually make an impact in a local business in a local area. And in this episode, I'm joined by Alan Crabb from Australian crowdfunding platform Posible and Matt Hepburn from Sunshine Coast-based craft brewery, Your Mates Brewery. Now, Your Mates are just down the road from me and I've been following their journey very early on since they first started up their craft brewery and they have been seriously kicking goals. Now, if you haven't heard of Posible before, well, my guest today, Alan Crabb, is the co-founder and CEO of Posible and Birchall. Alan actually introduced crowdfunding to Australia and Asia Pacific in 2010. And the Posible platform was developed to help creatives build audiences, raise funds and get ideas off the ground. Now in late 2017, Alan launched a sister platform called Birchall, a new licensed equity crowdfunding for brands to connect with investors. These sites have hosted thousands of projects and capital raises in Australia and the platforms have helped raise over $100 million since 2010. And it was on Posible that Your Mates actually launched their successful crowdfunding campaign a couple of years ago, which has skyrocketed their business. So the conversation you're about to hear, like I said, is the audio from a LinkedIn Live. And if you're not following me on LinkedIn, I encourage you to head on over and join me there. Just search for Ben Amos on LinkedIn and you will be able to see any new LinkedIn Live videos that I'm sharing over there. But the conversation today goes in a whole bunch of different places. So let's get into the chat now. I'm going to start by introducing Alan Crabb from Posible, and then we're going to introduce Matt Hepburn from Your Mates Brewing very soon after. So let's get into the show. Alan, welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, good to be uh, good to be chatting again. 
Yeah, we connected a little while back um, in the co-working space where I'm based here. Uh, we were working on a, a shared project to help people kind of launch their startup businesses uh, through crowdfunding. And um, yeah. it was awesome to connect with you then. And, and I wanted to bring you back on the show to have a bit of a chat about crowdfunding and the role that video plays there, but also just more generally around, around you know, how businesses can utilize video and community to, to better build community around what it is they're doing. Before we get into to yeah. that, can you, for listeners of the show that haven't heard of Posible before or yourself, can you fill us in a little bit about your backstory and what, what is Posible? Yeah, so um, if I, let me go back to even before Posible. Um, uh, I, I, my background is pretty much in, in tech. Um, I was a developer uh, turned uh, analyst. Um, turned, I suppose, tech entrepreneur when I, when I launched um, our first platform, uh, which wasn't actually possible, actually, back in, the, in 2009. Uh, we built a platform for uh, as a marketplace for visual artists to sell artwork and things. Um, and uh, through that experience, uh, I had the first experience in the creative industries, and that sort of evolved and, and I suppose, pivoted, uh, if you so call it, uh, these days into to what's called crowdfunding, actually. So allowing uh, creative people um, and a resource or a tool to to pitch an idea um, and to get uh, people um, involved in that project, in that in, in that in that idea to make it happen. So, um, and in that we we created a platform uh, which is possible uh, to allow people to pitch that idea um, through the through the website um, and and use tools like social media. Uh, use video uh, and also some innovations in, in payments. Uh, even back then, uh, there's quite a bit of innovation in that space, particularly with PayPal and a few others, uh, to to facilitate um, the transactions, credit card transactions, to allow people to easily pledge and support um, these projects. Um, the, the platform in the early days doesn't actually look that much different to what it looks today, but uh, allows you to set up a, a pitch with a video uh, some content and, and some tiered rewards as incentives or perks for us in supporting that project or idea and, and getting it off the ground. So uh, people would come to the platform with a, a target in mind, financial targets, um, and uh, would use the tools, digital marketing tools, to uh, hopefully reach, reach that target. Um, and, and that's pretty much the model that has been operating for, for pretty much any crowdfunding platform. Uh, globally since, since 2010. Awesome. So when, when you think about early stage businesses, startup businesses, people trying to get a business off the ground, when is crowdfunding the right avenue, do you think? Like, is there some kind of rules of thumb for people to consider? Um, there's definitely key applications for crowdfunding that, that tend to work really well. Um, and like, if you look where um, crowdfunding started, particularly in the creative industries, it's, it's been a very useful tool, actually, to quickly um, sort of engage people over a short period of time into a project and campaign and, and make that thing happen much quicker. Like my experience, probably even before possible, was like I would, I would spend a lot of time building and uh, creating a, a tool or a product or a service um, and, and keep on refining that to the point of getting it right to then share it with the world. And uh, that, that tends to be the way that um, I suppose maybe some more inexperienced uh, entrepreneurs uh, use um, and, and 
typically a lot of tech people like they fall into this trap of, of refining and getting your product perfect before you then release it to the the world and hope that people will love it whereas uh and and this is my experience as well like with my with the business we had before possible we we spent nine months refining and, and perfecting this here service uh people loved it but it wasn't sustainable uh and that's why we we moved and pivoted uh to to a different model and and i think in some ways like uh, crowdfunding is is used in that fashion to quickly uh, validate like a product or a service uh, with an audience first. Um, and like when you asked what products and services are best fit for this, obviously I think consumer uh, consumer products and services definitely fit best. Um, you've also any of the creative industries that are using it to get projects, like one-off projects off the ground. I think that's a really good fit. Um, However, like uh, with with businesses as well, like Lumis is a really good example of a business that um, I think they, they look to raise a certain amount uh, by pre-selling product, uh, pre-selling a an, an, in your mate's case, um, pre-selling a batch of beer actually, or several batches of beer um, to to get uh, to raise the capital to to be able to execute on what they're trying to do, you know and at the same time, engage that community of people that were really um, supportive of these guys in the earlier stages when they were just experimenting and maybe piloting with the with their product. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited to get into the chat with Matt from your mates in a, in a moment as well, and really dive into them as a case study. Before we do, though, I'm interested to explore where you see this platform of crowdfunding just generally evolving over the years because I know, you know, it's, crowdfunding has been a thing now for quite a number of years. Um, but I think, you know, that idea that you're talking about there of it being a way of, uh, you know, rallying the troops or building community around, around a brand, I think is something that's evolved over time. Would you agree that in the early stages, it was more about, you know, I guess just getting funding, right? Um, how has it changed over time, the way that you're seeing people using crowdfunding platforms? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's uh, it's been like a roller coaster as a platform, just like the mm. same way it's, um, it's a roller coaster for anyone that's actually using crowdfunding as a way to raise, uh, raise funds or raise capital. So I think from, from a platform perspective, we've sort of lived through that as well. So we've seen the rise of different applications, um, like early days, very much in the creative industries, lots of musicians, video videographers, uh, filmmakers, and the likes, um, using this as a, a really effective tool uh, to engage that audience, particularly the audience that they fill up through social media. Um, so, um, and then we've seen new applications. Obviously, there's other platforms that maybe be more popular for for the tech and for for fashion and the likes. And uh, we've we've constantly seen new and new applications of crowdfunding coming through with also with the changes in models as well. So um, I mentioned earlier about, say, for example, reward-based crowdfunding, where people are pledging um, and, and getting a reward or a, a perk in return for that uh, pledge uh, versus, as I said, the nation-based model. Um, and I think GoFundMe is, is probably one of the most popular for that model. And then obviously with the evolution of into equity crowdfunding, when legislation changed here in Australia, um, and, and obviously many other jurisdictions as well around the world. So we've seen lots of evolution in terms of applications, even just for rewards and then personal crowdfunding through for, um, for donations, 
Um, and and now equity equity based crowdfunding for allowing people to invest directly into the small businesses that uh, have, have have been created over the years. So, um, yeah, we, there's it's been uh, yeah it's it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, it a, is constantly evolving, and I've seen it. Um, it will continue to evolve, I think. Right as people take this model um, of crowdsourcing <laughs> funding or, or support in various ways. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah. as well. Do you have any insight into where you think crowdfunding will continue to evolve or how it will change? Um, I think like one of the, the biggest lessons I think that I've taken from this is that like things move faster and faster. I think the raises and the and people being savvy with this model, um, we, we see that people will be much faster at using tools and using social media to be able to activate things. So. Um, like you, you, we've seen through the bushfires, like some of the largest campaigns we've ever seen in the world in the shortest time. So I think um, just in terms of platforms and, and I suppose evolution, um, I think we'll see things just moving faster and being more effective. Obviously, we're seeing social media sort of lock themselves down and, and, and be... Um, be more of a challenge uh, to access certain audiences. And I, I think we will see, I suppose, a bit more um, sophistication in the way that people are connecting with um, audiences or, or being able to build audiences. Um, and then, of course, I think with equity crowdfunding, although it's, it's very new, uh, we've seen it quickly being adopted in Australia, um, particularly with the likes of consumer brands. Um, but we'll see that, I think, move into much more other applications. Um, so, uh, I'm pretty excited to to see how and, and hopefully be at the the front edge of of all of this as well. So, yeah, cool, awesome. So this is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So let's talk video for a minute. So what role do you think video plays, particularly in a successful crowdfunding campaign? Um, I think it's uh, you can underestimate. I think the value of video. I think when we talk to people that are looking at um, like using reward or, or equity-based crowdfunding, um, we see it as the, one of the most effective tools at engaging with people, not necessarily in your own network. So being able to tell a story, uh, to tell, um, to to get more insight into the product and service that you're providing. And, and and also engage in people in a in a in a motive fashion. So allowing people inside uh, insider access to to you and the the people behind um, a project or a, or a business. Um, and from a analysis perspective, we also see like campaigns that are using content and using sorry video content uh, as part of their pitch they're able to raise substantially more than people that don't use it. So for example, I think there was a stat that we used um, uh, this year and, and last year as well, where we see people that are using video are raising up to 10 times, maybe even more than 10 times that of people that are not using video content as a way of engaging um, and engaging communities and, and engaging particularly new audiences. Yeah. Well, it's not surprising, right? Because you think about the purpose of crowdfunding is for someone to effectively kind of trust in a way that the support they're going to lend a particular project is 
is going to go to the right place, right? And so even if it is like pre-selling a product, it's there's still a level of trust there. And to build trust, we need to connect emotionally and it, more of a heart connection than just a head connection, right? If we're buying from an established e-commerce store, we don't need to trust as much that we're actually going to get what we paid for. But I think yeah. the nature of crowdfunding requires people to connect more you know, authentically with the decision they're making to part with their cash to, to pledge, you know, to, Absolutely, to yeah. get yeah. behind something. So I think video is so powerful there. I want to, I want to bring Matt in from, from your mates, um, because your mates, uh, a great case study that have used Posible as a platform to actually, uh, crowdfund successfully. And they've continued to use video in a number of different ways to build community around what it is they're doing. So we've got Matt coming in as well. He's back. How are you? Good to see ya. <laughs> I'm good. I'm right, good. How so, you going, guys? Awesome. So I'd love to hear from you, like, what's the story behind your mates? Can you fill us in on kind of where it started and and particularly the role that crowdfunding played in the beginning for you guys? Yeah, I guess um, like many startups, the, the idea of owning a business um, really kind of uh, appealed to myself and my business partner, Christian McGarry. Um, so without having a lot of... Um, Capital investment to begin with, we really started focusing on the brand and um, and the product as well. And um, that, I guess, not having capital allowed us to find our niche in the in the craft beer market. Um, this was back in 2013, where the market was still you had your big players like Stonewood and Four Pines, who were still independent at the time, um, as I guess the grandfathers of the industry. And there was still, I we thought. It's quite a big opportunity for the market to um, branch out into regional cities, and um, obviously being based in the Sunshine Coast, um, we see a, saw a massive opportunity for ourselves to appeal to a, I guess, a, a wider range of not just being craft beer drinkers, but more so beer drinkers. Um, so yeah, our journey began um, in a little garage in Moffat Beach with no money, and uh, yeah, just kind of. I guess for the next two years, built up a, a bit of a strategy around what we were going to do with it once we launched. And um, when we did launch, we we were working in a in a bar, um, and it allowed us to um, to come up with our flagship product, Larry. And um, we began selling that beer just through fifty liter kegs to other bars and venues that we'd made relationships for at that time. Um, and at the at the time, I guess we. We weren't marketing experts. We were just obviously as a startup doing everything yourself. So um, I guess doing 80% of everything. Um, but it wasn't the time until we had our beer in kegs and we really wanted to get to that next stage of having it packaged into cartons and being able to distribute to, uh, to bottle shops um, and to, to really allow our, our followers to enjoy that beer at home. So that was our next kind of milestone to, to bring to our business and um, to aim for. And um, fortunately enough, I'd, um, I was a part of uh, the Grow Coastal, the Innovation Centre Grow Coastal program, um, really fortunate enough to be involved in that. And um, we were opened up to, crowd, to crowdfunding. And, um, yeah, we'd heard about it before, um, but definitely was a little bit sceptical at the start of how to actually – warrant and the I guess the input because it isn't 
you know, just put it up there and you get, you're guaranteed to get the money. There's quite a bit of work involved. Um, and that's what we we really kind of noticed at the start, looking through campaigns, looking through the successful ones and I guess the ones that didn't succeed and, and trying to differentiate how we could put our own personal spin on um, on the video to ensure that we'll be able to get that um, that crowdfunding money that we needed to, to launch the product. Um, cool. So, yeah, I, yeah, sorry. No, you're right. I was just going to jump in and say, so you did have a successful campaign with that that first crowdfunding campaign. And can you talk to us about the video? Um, because, you know, bootstrapping, startup, uh, you obviously don't have a lot of money to invest in video, and that's the case for many who are crowdfunding um, what was your what was your approach? How did you go about that video that's to support your crowdfunding campaign? Um, I, the same approach as we did with business, we just did, just winged it, really. <laughs> um, but we, for us, we're we're very since then we're, we've evolved massively, and um, this crowdfunding campaign really was the um, a massive indicator for us to to sh- identify what our strength is as a as a business as well, I guess, and. One of our strengths to this day, which is our main strength, is our business is us. We are real. We are we are organic. We you know we we take the pieces ourselves. Even though we are a serious business, people actually really respond to that. Um, I think our followers that we we had at that stage and we've been continually building up. Really, um, yeah, they they're building that emotional connection with our brand, with our products. We're not just. Uh, you know, some rich um, bank investors who have thrown million dollars, a few million dollars into a business where we're a couple of young blokes who have taken the taken the step, and that's what the video, that's what the initial campaign allowed us to do to, I guess, pitch our story um, to to our um, customers, and you know, ask them if they're willing to to part with a hundred dollars to to help us take it to our next level to the, to to achieve that milestone goal of putting beer into cans. So. Um, that's what we did. We, we focused on what we, we, what we were doing at the time. We, we try to be a little bit tongue in cheek because that's what people I think are engaged in. They, I don't want to see actors anymore. No, I think everyone's past the, the TV advertisements where, yeah. you know, people are paying for actors and they they, it's, you know, I, for me, I, I just, we do things that we appeal to us in our, in our demographic and, um, you know, that's what we try to do. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I think what you're getting at there is is whether you strategically thought about it or not, what what kind of really comes through in the videos that you created then was the authenticity. You're just you were allowing yeah. yourself to be yourself, right? And I think yeah. um, that's that's kind of I think a key to good crowdfunding videos is not mm. to overproduce. Um, I'm interested to hear from from Alan here. Like, if you were to kind of just try and think at the heart of good video content in in the role of crowdfunding like would you agree authenticity are there other some other key elements that you would expect to see um i i think uh like matt has a point here like like obviously like it's it's actually pretty pretty hard to be authentic on video i think when the camera's <laughs> shoved in your face um and it's uh it's, it's a challenge like even in this in this sense, like in a live video, people are not as natural as, as they as they would be in a, in a normal setting. So I think, in terms of uh, tips and advice, I think um, like it's it's been able to capture someone's personality, and I think that's 
the power of a really good videographer or a filmmaker is to capture their moments that really capture people's uh, true nature, if that makes sense. And um, and also to be a bit more lighthearted around it because um, it's, it's very easy to do a very serious video, um, mm. but it's, it's, it's not as uh, easy to create something that's um, playful and, and fun to watch because I think... Um, the challenge, and it has been for, it, it just, it just becomes a bigger challenge, um, is to to keep the content to um, a point, like a really short snippet where you can capture all of this in as short a time span as possible because people's uh, attention span is, is just getting less and less. With each new social media ch channel that's, that's introduced, it seems to be even shorter and shorter each time. So I think that's, um, I think keeping it short, keeping it snappy, keeping it fun, keeping it engaging, keeping it, um, as, as you say, authentic. Um, these, these are all tips that uh, I think uh, that, that work and, and will get results, I think, in terms of building community and, and hopefully leveraging for um, arrears or, or whatever you're trying to do, whether it's even just an event, actually, for example. So. Yeah, I think you, I think that's spot on and um, really good advice. And I think, as you're saying, they're relevant to any any digital marketing, any kind of engaging video content for a brand. Is we we want that authenticity, we want that naturalness, we want to get a sense of who it is who we're engaging with. I'm interested to hear from you, Matt, because I don't imagine I'm putting some assumptions here. I don't imagine you're comfortable on camera like most people aren't. Um, you know, how do, how do you kind of approach that when you're in front of the camera and I know you've done other videos since then um it, it, always with a very natural style um both yourself and and your co-founder Christian so any tips for people to kind of get over themselves and get on camera we well, like my motto is first takes best take um yeah. we try and not script it out too much obviously we have our talking points but whether it's um a campaign that we're we're producing, or you know, a local TV station. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been it's been honest and trying to get your message across, and um, I guess not getting too nervous about it. You know, you look back. I look back at high school, and I was a horrible public speaker. But um, when it's something you're talking about that you're passionate about, and obviously most anyone who's an entrepreneur, if they don't if they're not passionate about their business, they're probably in it for the wrong reasons. So it does come across naturally, but, um, I think practice makes perfect as well. Every time I get in front of the camera, um, each time I, I, um, I'll get better. We, we, um, we analyze our videos a lot more than what I guess we initially did in, um, in the past. And now it's, um, we're pretty fortunate enough to have a bit of a dual business with the, with the pub and the wholesale market. Um, and we we can create that way, create a lot more interesting content, whether it's around beer, around food, around our lifestyle content, around other customers, and I guess just trying to to get those their personalities out there as well. We we have a um, quite a large staff base as well, and everyone has um, different personalities who so appeal to different markets. So we obviously have craft beer drinkers, but we have beer drinkers engaged. We have our locals engaged. We have um, you know other uh, venues engaged and we try and collaborate with other businesses. So it's not just focusing what we're doing as well, but trying to focus on um, other content that may interest um, other markets that we can um, promote through our own channels and, and build a bit of bigger wider audience base. 
Yeah, I'm interested to talk about that a bit more with you, Matt, because, you know, as you move away from specifically, you know, crowdfunding and now it's about building a business using digital marketing, using video marketing, what's been your strategy moving forward? Can you kind of paint a picture of the kinds of videos that you're creating to promote your to promote your brewery, to promote your products? And like you said, it's not mm. just about your products, right? So so what what's your video content look like? I guess um, realising that we're not a, a beer brand but we're, a, we're a, I guess, a, a lifestyle brand for us is, is where we really want to focus. Um, beer is obviously a niche market, especially craft beer, and not everyone drinks beer, but um, we're trying to really create a, a, a wider um, content platform that we can use. So um, engaging in our locals has been a really big um, leverage for us, um, the Sunshine Coast specifically, and then, I guess looking out into our, our target um, consumer markets. So as we grow into um, different areas demographically, oh, sorry, geographically, um, you know, whether it be Brisbane, Gladstone, Harvey Bay, you know, further north, how can we engage in those markets through, through video and through our, um, through our social channels and, um, you know, looking at what each region um, is interested in and what we can kind of align our brand with and what we're doing and, and pushing those strategically through the uh, social media channels that we're we're using at the time. Yeah, I think that idea of, you know, trying to understand that good social media, good marketing strategy, good video marketing strategy is more than just talking about yourself, talking about your product. You know, like yeah. I think that's what you're getting at is that you 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 trying to understand your audience and what do they care about and what can you talk about, what can you create content around that that they're going to engage with. And I think, you know, in particular in your case, uh, as a local craft brewery, it, you really lean on that local angle, right? So mm. is that kind yeah, of definitely. your thought process here? Yeah, definitely. Um, our, I guess local custom base, they are interested in, in what we're doing as a brand and, and how we're helping out with the community. Um, we're, again, very fortunate enough to have a, uh, a venue that locals can come into and uh, we can facilitate to, to do something different for them. You know, say Anzac Day tomorrow, for example, we have um, 40% of our cartons of beer for, for the veterans that are on the Sunshine Coast and um, just guys like that, they'll, they'll see that on our social media and, and um, yes, they're stoked because, um, you know, it's not hard for us to, to, to help guys like that out or men and, men and women and, you um, yeah, it's just a, it's a tool for us to use to to promote that and, and get the message across to our followers. And uh, you know, it's 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 extremely valuable, um, especially in this day and age. And uh, yeah, we it's also photography, but also video. We've definitely seen the engagement um, from videos um, really rise. We're just looking at, I guess, having this time, COVID nineteen time, to in our business to really look at what videos we can create and what what is worth our time because they are, they do take time and um, you know, the return on investment, if we're, if we're not getting and distributing those videos out and getting the engagements, they're not really worth it. So, um, you know, what, what message are we trying to get across and what are we trying to, what are we trying to build on? And uh, you know, catching cooks, I, I love fishing. Um, so we've got a chef in house and doing a little catching cook episode or, you know, for, for Easter, we had a, a seafood, a local, um, fisheries across the road so we did a you know buy some scallops and this is how you cook the scallops up and um, that's what our locals are really interested in is supporting local businesses as well as you know getting something out of it in return 
um, it's it's a win-win for everyone, really. Yeah, so good. I'd love to lean on Alan here just to ask, what role do you think this building of community around a business has, you know, when, when you are building a business? You know, how important is mm. the community and not just trying to push your product at people? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll just add, I said to what Mike just said as well. Like it's a, it's well and good having the best content, but if no one starts to consuming that content, uh, there's no mm-hmm. value of it. So, and I think, uh, as Matt said, like he's he's been able to grow his community, uh, particularly through social and, and all of the digital media channels, um, and he's got the locals as well as regulars. And I, I think it's about keeping these guys engaged. Um, and like as as I say, like the community is is everything, particularly the early stages. If you want to get traction, um, like uh, any business starts from somewhere. And I think you generally see that um, the most effective or the fastest um, businesses or the fastest projects to get off the ground are people that have already been working to build that community for themselves or their personal brands ahead of uh, any launch of any product or service or even even a crowdfund. So I think... um, it's, it's been mindful about that. I think thinking about the problem that you're solving, thinking about how do you get access to the groups of people that, that are most relevant um, and, and, and list these people, like list the influencers that in, these, in, these, uh, in these communities as well to see how you can tap or to, to work with them. Um, and, and quite often you're also giving away a lot at the start, um, living, giving away your time, giving away product, giving away your services um, to start to help build that community. And then hopefully with your content, you're able to engage that community or that audience um, in a way that you hopefully compel them to actually uh, put their hand in their pockets and, and support it. So, Yeah. Mm. I always refer to the idea of marketing by leading with value. You know, if you can provide value to your, to your audience, to your community, to the people who you eventually want to take some sort of action with your brand or business, then you're going to be positioned in a better way to actually, you know, have that action take place. I'm interested to hear from uh, from Matt. Um, what you know, what impact do you think that this approach has actually had to your business? Like, I, I, I looking in from outside, I see that you've built a great community of fans around your around your product, around your brand. Um, what mm. impact has that had on your bottom line, on the growth of your business, on the trajectory? I guess. Um, yeah, huge growth, huge. Um, we've seen for us in the last two years building, I guess, our, our dream um, brew. We, we, in 2018, took investment on um, to kind of take it to the next level and it's allowed us to, to be producing our own beer on site and um, have, have customers involved into our brewery. And, um, I guess the, the biggest indicator for the community and the, I guess the brand loyalty that we've created is, was the um, – there's a, a craft beer popularity poll called um, Gab's Great Australian Beer Spectacular. So it's, a, I guess, a, a public poll for individuals to, to vote for their favourite beer. Um, it's an Australian-wide poll and you, you'll usually see, well, this year I think Bolter got number one, Stonewood number two and Ben Spoke number three. So really big national brands. Um, and we we submitted our, our beer our beers this year and um, 
Our distribution going as far as Brisbane, um, probably like 5% of our beer being sold in Brisbane, the rest 95% on the Sunshine Coast. We were voted number five um, most popular beer in Australia. So, yeah, that's um, huge. Huge indication of, of the power of um, local community and um, brand loyalty for us. Um, we were absolutely astounded. And um, so was a wider Australian craft beer community. We we received quite a bit of backlash um, from people who have never heard about us in Sydney or Melbourne. And who are these guys from the sunny coast who just got voted number five? But just because they haven't tried our beer doesn't mean that we don't have. We're not selling just as much beer as you know some other breweries that they have heard of. It's just we've decided to saturate our local market first rather than. Spreading, spreading our wings to um, and dilute our brand further afield. So um, that's a massive credit to our to our followers because yeah, we we couldn't have done it without them. And um, yeah, we're really really kind of switches us into another gear. And and we want to ensure that we keep looking after our, our locals because they're the ones who have our business. If they don't, if they stop buying our products, we're we, we're out of business. So. That's our major priority for us is to look after our backyard first and um, set obviously um, have some have some goals that we'd like to keep and um, to continue to do what we do. I love that yeah. that analogy of looking after your own backyard first. I think that's a real testament yeah. to community. Alan, you want mm. to jump in? You had something to say? Yeah, it it, uh, it definitely helps having a great product. And uh, obviously, there's something in the water up in Queensland. There's so many of you guys <laughs> uh, creating great beers up there. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, if you have a good product, don't be uh, don't be scared to promote it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and product I, I, is important. I think yeah, product is important, but there also is plenty of great beers out there that uh, can stand up against our beer as well. That that you know didn't make the top one hundred. So I think the the craft beer industry. That's what we we noted at the start is that there was a space for us as a brand, and that was our that was our our niche is build a brand rather than. Uh, just base it, our whole business on a great product. And I think they're both, they both work simultaneously having a brand and a product. If you can, if on the beer shelf, there's hundreds of beers to choose from. If it doesn't stand out or if it doesn't appeal to you as a, a consumer, a first time buyer, you won't sell too many beers and vice versa. If you have a, a poor quality product with the best branding in the world, you know, you're only going to get a one time buyer. So they do work very very um, closely together and it's about balancing those two out and, and trying to maximise both at the same time. Awesome. Just as we start to wrap up here, guys, I want to ask the same question of both of you. Just um, I'm interested to hear from you what would you say to other early-stage startup businesses when it comes to their marketing strategy, particularly recognising that they're often bootstrapping or have limited budget and team. Where should where should they focus? I might start with you, Alan, then come back to you, Matt. So, you know, if you were to give some advice to an early stage startup business with their marketing strategy, what should the focus be? Um, I think it's uh, know your narrative. I think uh, know your messaging. Uh, know how you how you know how you want people to talk about you. Uh, I think yeah. to start with, um, because that will guide you on just about everything else. I think because it will tell you what kind of people um, are the persona of people that actually probably will, will support that product or service. Um, and I think it also uh, firms up the, the kind of content that you need to create. So um, are you creating playful content that people will really engage with? Or are you 
uh, a service that I think is is more professional and, and it requires a, a different type of communication or a different channel. So I think um, I think it's always good to start with I say just messaging and and I think like from from my perspective I, I like to keep that simple uh, and I like to keep it like three messages um, like like what what is the product and and, and explain it in, in three in three ways or and and refine it into a message that can be used in, th in three ways if that makes sense to be able to target a, a sizable audience if that makes sense in Australia I yeah. think it's it's important to think about the size of your audience very early on as well um, so make sure that the messaging that you've prepared is of a substantial audience that you've actually got a sustainable um, product or service. I think that, that would be probably my starting point. Um, and then after that, it's looking at content, looking at audiences that you're trying to tap into and getting your first customers. I think that's the, uh, that would be my tips. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. The idea of really knowing who it is that you're, you're trying to reach and how you want to actually engage with them through, through your messaging, because I think that's, you know, that doesn't take budget, you know, that, that you don't need it. You just need to think strategically. You just need to sit down and spend some time before you even create a marketing plan of what are we going to do? Instead, you're thinking, how do we want to show up for people? And I think that's mm. it's really powerful. Matt, what, what, what advice would you give to, to those businesses at that stage? Um, <laughs> we didn't have a marketing strategy at the start, so um, startups are tough, but I definitely have some advice now is to have a clear vision um, business vision if you have a restaurant or, or a brewery it's not to brew don't have it to, to brew the best beer or to to cook the best food because you're in the industry you should be brewing the best beer you should be cooking the best food actually understanding what your niche is in that market what what are you doing differently and can do better than everybody else in that in that industry and um, following that on and tacking that straight into your marketing plan so um, you know if it is if you're running an RSL or, you know, if you're running, a, a, I guess, a brewery, ours was aiming for Queensland beer drinkers and how do we appeal to Queensland beer drinkers and how we're doing that is interacting through Queensland lifestyle. Um, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. We, we kind of noticed other breweries, they weren't doing that and that's something that I, I enjoy and I love and it comes natural to us to, to align ourselves to that. So it's, I guess, not trying to... To, to come up with these strategies that don't reflect you naturally and organically um, and, and doing it in the end, if it's to build a business to sell out, you, you know, you're going to have a lot stronger, a lot harder time to execute these strategies. If it's a, a long-term strategy to, to build a business to enjoy waking up and working in, um, I think those strategies should reflect your, your lifestyle and your, your, um, your business goals. So that's what I'll suggest doing. I love it. I love it. Totally yeah, not a marketer's answer. Um, it's, a, it's a business owner's answer. I love it. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. I think that's, it. that's the tip as well. Awesome. Um, and any final words of wisdom from, from either of you guys when it comes to establishing community, building community, the power of community, video marketing, anything that we've talked about today, um, can I ask for each of you just to leave us with a, a final, final thought? I'll start with Matt. You can kick things off. Um, I think it's, yeah, collaboration, whether that means collaborating with your neighbour or collaborating 
with other businesses in various industries or in the same industry. Um, that has been our our key fundamental um, that has helped us get to where we are today is um, seeing collaborative opportunities and, and talking about them and, and um, trying to progress for them to be a, a win-win situation. Awesome. Cool. Um, um, my video is frozen for some reason, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still here. I've got a happy face on. Um, right, we'll, we'll, I'm going to still throw to Matt, though. So, Matt, um, yeah, sorry, Alan, what, what, yeah. what's your final words of wisdom? Um, I, I think just to have fun with it, actually. Like, uh, I think you can clearly see that Matt has, has, has run with it um, and uh, he, he loves and is passionate about his product and brand. And that's infectious. I think um, have fun, have fun with content, have fun with launching product service. It's going to be stressful as for a very long time. Um, and uh, I think it's important that uh, you, you enjoy what you do and that uh, usually comes across in everything that you do as well. So I think um, obviously focus on the product and service that uh, that stands out and, and differentiates itself and, and using messaging. But uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, you will see that, uh, that the, the finders, if they're passionate and they, they can appeal uh, to customers, they will be successful in some fashion or another. Yeah. Awesome, Alan from Possible, Matt from Your Mates Brewing. I want to thank you for joining me on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This has been great. I encourage everybody to head on over to the show notes. I'll share the link to the show notes in the in the wrap up for this episode, and uh, we'll have some links to some of those crowdfunding campaigns we talked about, and to both Possible and Your Mates. There. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Cheers, Benny. Thank you. All right, all right. Thanks again to Alan and Matt for joining me on the show. Now, of course, if you want to learn more about what Possible has to offer in the crowdfunding space or how to get hold of some Your Mates Brewing beers, then I encourage you to head on over to the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 142, 142. And we'll also have a, a link there to the crowdfunding video that your mates originally used on their possible crowdfunding campaign page and you'll be you'll get a sense for who these guys are and and how they used video towards a successful video crowdfunding campaign all right so i hope you've enjoyed today's episode and i encourage you to leave a rating and a review on the itunes store just head on over to engagevideomarketing.com itunes and leave a review i'd seriously appreciate that and of course if you're interested in learning more from me and joining my community further then i encourage you to check on out the engage video marketing academy at engagevideomarketingacademy.com and you'll be able to learn more there about how you can come on in and learn from me and from others as we work to build out effective video marketing strategies to grow our businesses. So until next week, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Hope you're doing all right out there and I will see you next week with another episode of the podcast. Bye for now.